You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Whitney. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, everybody. Holy cow, the mic is hot. Uh, we got in with us right now, uh, very special guests of the show. Uh, there would not be an undercard if uh, uh, joining us in the studio he was not around. Uh, but it is Greg from Prudential Alarm. Uh, you can find his company at prudentialalarms.com. But he's more importantly uh, a friend and a huge MMA guy. It's not like nothing happened this week in the world of MMA. We take a week off, Jimmy. See, that's the problem. I do miss the Sunday shows because a week goes by like that. And, I mean, we could talk about McGregor now for a year. Like, you know, we're we're way behind on the curve now. Um Yeah, it just because it all yeah, it was, the shit hits the, the fan day. as soon as we Right, exactly we, we uh do the show. Uh but we'll be getting into that when Cody uh Stamen gets in here. Obviously he's a UFC fighter, so we're we're definitely curious about his uh opinions on everything. Uh but we do have some stuff that we want to cover. Uh, first off, this show is brought to you by a lot going on this weekend. Uh, Detroit Golden Gloves. It's actually happening at Burt's Warehouse down in the Eastern Market District, Friday, 7 p.m., Saturday, 2 p.m., Sunday, 2 p.m. Then Night of Knockouts is happening at Motor City Casino, Friday night, Friday the 13th, 7 p.m. Uh, that is sold out. There may be some tickets that fighters will turn in, but that is a sold out event and that's happening Friday at Motor City Casino. Um, but try the box office at the casino. You never know. And TXC is happening at Burton Hall and that's in Livonia, Michigan, I believe. And that's happening on Saturday night. Joseph Battaglia has got a nice MMA card going. Uh, Marco Smallman is part of the main mm-hmm. event. So I don't know. That's a really busy local weekend. Uh, you know, the state officials, they don't cover amateurs, but they're going to be busy otherwise. And then if you, if you're into amateur boxing and you try to hit all three, it's like a hat trick. So try to, try to fit, fit it all in. Uh, but since we're waiting on Cody to talk all things MMA, uh, down to Khabib and all, all the stuff that's happened. Uh, I was just going to cover really quickly, uh, Eastern Michigan. Uh, Greg was there too. Uh, great venue. Uh, great event that was produced um, by Vegas Knights. Vegas Knights. Yes. Uh, a little bit of everything. You had uh, concert, you had MMA, you had boxing, and you had a ladies' lounge, which I actually went up into. And it was actually really nice. They had the mimosas for free for the ladies. We had taquitos, mimosas, fruit, cake pops, T-shirts, and massages. The guys had a slot machine that they could play in the corner, and that that was that was what the guys got. But um, that's nice, right? So the promoter, uh, Mr. Griffin, uh, from Vegas Nights, went above and beyond the VIP tables. Uh, Greg, you were already gone. Oh my goodness! But 
when uh, after you had left, they had already had like finger sandwiches there and champagne, like all you could drink on the VIP tables. Then they rolled out. I'll have to send you a picture of it. Have you ever seen that vodka? That's like a gold bar. All right. Yeah. They brought them out like in stacks of gold bars and rolled them out to the tables to, so they had the vodka. Oh, it man. was actually cool. really, really that, neat. That That's, was one of the coolest events I've ever seen, man. That that, that, that was really well done. It was yeah. really cool. The production value is huge. <clears throat> right, you know? yeah. uh, even the lighting rigs, which uh, my partner Bob Ryder, he loved the lights. They, they had additional lights there so that the fights were able to be seen. Um, and Easter, it's, I don't know when that was built. Probably ninety five, ninety four, maybe. I don't know, but that's still a that small little arena still holds up in time. It's really nice with the glass and the way it right. yeah, attaches. I feel like to it doesn't get used enough. It's, it feels like a brand new place to me. Right now, you were telling me go back in your time machine. You saw a concert there, Godsmack. Yeah, I would have never thought Godsmack awesome. yeah. played there. Oh yeah, they sold it out, man. It was a uh, it was a cool show. And uh, so it's uh, for people that's not familiar with the EMU convocation center. I'd say what nine thousand, eight thousand, seven thousand. It's it's a smaller arena. It's not like a Joe Louis uh, Arena slash LCA. Did, I saw how many it holds. Seven thousand, maybe. But it's, uh, it's small enough. Uh, Godsmack singer Solly Erna. He does this thing in his shows where he will go around with a spotlight and call people out if he thinks they're not rocking out hard enough. Well, in that place, he could really call people out. Like, he literally pointed people, got the light on and said, you, this is a fucking rock show. Get on your fucking feet. Like, <laughs> And he wouldn't perform. And, can I swear on your show? Yeah. Okay, yes. good. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no! Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, he would stop the show until he got everybody up. So, it, it was cool. 9,500. Yeah, 95. So, yeah. that's close. 9,000. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I do know that Vegas Nights is going to do a show in October. Um, so I'm just going to talk the boxing side really quick because I, I write for FightNews.com. But uh, let's start off with Leonardo Tyner. Nicknamed him Little Ball of Hate. Uh, <laughs> God, is that guy entertaining. I tell you what, Leonardo Tyner doesn't have much time. He's This is my expression I use all the time lately, and Rochelle's probably tired of hearing it. He's closer to the sunset than he is the sunrise in his career. But... If you get an opportunity to see him, I do recommend watching Leonardo Tyner. First off, uh, everything about him is likable. He he talks outside of the ring as much as he talks inside the ring. Uh, there was a point in the fight where somebody asked him to do an uppercut. He acknowledged the crowd and then did an uppercut. This is when he's cruising along in the fight. And he's still the hardest body shot I think I've heard ringside. Uh, he makes people pee blood from weeks on and weeks on end after that. But the little ball of hate thing comes in a good way. It's not in a bad way. It's meant that he he's just so mean. He's like a little Tasmanian devil in there and just he punishes his opponents. And I he gave serves, him the nickname. He serves the pain. Yes, he does. The pain server. That's why he got it, the nickname. But I like Little Ball of Hate, just the way he's talking in there. There's a some of the funniest trash talking was happening. He's walking around and he's he telling the guy he hit like a girl or he hit soft and you know just walking around and and, and doing his thing. Uh, but he's a boxing fan's boxer, and you know you're going to get his best effort. He doesn't quit. And he likes being in there, and and he has a lot of fun. And while he was getting his drug test, I was uh, got my. I don't take selfies with fighters too often, but I really do like Leonardo. And uh, he was getting his drug testing done, and I I got probably the funniest little uh, 
little selfie with us, but I do enjoy Tyner. Um, and then Ballard had a big comeback fight. Um, oh God, my mind just went blank on his opponent, Britain. Britain. Britain, uh, Norwood. Yes. Norwood. Uh, if you don't know the backstory, uh, Norwood had knocked out uh, Ballard out of state. In Oregon in December. There you go. And this was a rematch that you typically don't see this at this stage of both of their careers. Uh, but Nor- Norwood comes in with a, a, a winning record. His last loss was supposedly because he he corner he didn't have any corners and he kicked over a spit spit bucket. Just a just a really polished fighter. And James Ballard's coming off a loss, not only a loss, a, a, a TKO loss in which he looked horrible. Well, the fight goes on where the first two rounds, it, both of them are just throwing away. Like you, you didn't think both of them could keep the pace the whole fight because the fight was eight rounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so they both don't work the body. And that's what Norwood probably made his biggest mistake. He just kept hitting him in the head and never went to the body to, to wear down Ballard. When they, kind of the dust settled after the two rounds, um, Ballard was able to just fight mean, something we've not seen from Ballard. And we, we've heard the potential. We knew that in gyms, everyone's like, oh, he hits hard and he looks good in gyms and he looks mean. And then I, I got to witness him um, spar Jarrell before Jarrell's fight in Flint. And he, and he looked more aggressive than I had seen, but it just didn't translate to real fight nights. So you, you couldn't explain it. But this night, it came together for him. He was able to fight through holds. He looked mean. He was hitting him hard. He knocked Norwood down three times. Uh, cruises to a, a you know a unanimous decision, just like Tyner won his previous fight. And those two fights rounded out a pretty good night of entertainment. Um, I don't know if their Vegas nights is going to do MMA and boxing again. Uh, Bob Ryder, my partner, thinks it kind of ruins the flow a little bit. He like he likes the idea, but you know you had such a great boxing match with Ballard, then you went back over to MMA, and that was such a dud of a fight because that was the heavyweight that tapped right away. You missed the heavyweight oh, fight, no, Greg. I saw Bar- that one. Oh, you saw I, that one? Yeah, I ended up going to the bathroom when they were doing their walkouts. I was behind them. Uh huh. Tapped right away. I was like, yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, I was wondering why he tapped, but I think something was broken in his face, man. Because uh, oh, really? A, about fifteen seconds after he tapped and they called it, it was delayed. I never seen anything. Blood just started gushing out of his face. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So Maybe he, he knew something was coming. Yeah, uh, he, <laughs> yeah I'm getting he, out of he here. He's done. He knew. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, you got to come in, Greg. What, what did you think of it? I like, and I know what Bob Ryder's saying. I like the concept, MMA, boxing. You know, I'm a, I'm a spectator. I'm a fan, right? I'm not a professional. I don't know what you know. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. And that's one of the things I thought was so unique about it. And even the fact they had the stage in the middle of the concert. So, you know, like as, just as a spectator out for a night to something to do, man, it was, it was really cool. I, I think they should. Keep it like that again. Yeah. Uh, for me, I didn't feel like it interrupted the flow of anything. I just uh-huh. thought it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, and that's the most important thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll tell your friends. Right. Exactly. And the next time, maybe yep. more people come. And yep. that's, that's the most, uh, and that's, you know, boxing's so weird. It's just a niche sport. So is MMA. But, you know, you can't explain why there's a few people in the audience and you can't explain when you have sellouts sometimes. Um, I, mean, I could explain why a lot of people didn't come out. Everybody wanted to see that UFC fight. That's true. You know, even I left early and I was having a good time. Right. <laughs> and it's hard to plan something like that around the UFC's schedule. 
but that you know and that that's happens. so tough because <laughs> you, you, what you have is way in advance planning by both uh uh everything oh i'm sorry cody yeah, just texted you, you concentrate okay. on all right yeah right? dude i'm like does he need to get in i don't think so no Okay. He's good. Concentrate on I'm concentrating. Interview, I'm concentrating. <laughs> okay, Sorry. Well, my, my, mic down. Why is my mic down? My mic needs to be up. Jesus. No. Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what were you going to say? Well, about the, the seating arrangements. So if you were to buy a ticket, are you going to know when you buy that ticket if, let's say, I'm coming there to watch boxing, but then I get stuck over on the MMA side? You know, hmm. I'd be kind of pissed. I don't know. I'm sure the VIP tables knew. It seemed like a lot of the VIP tables were on the boxing side. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to afford the VIP table. It was, uh, no, I thought it was re- for what you got. If that right, price for is what right, you got, but did you tell me the mean, price? No, Somebody I, told I me the price. It was a thousand dollars table. I thought. Yeah, but I think you got a thousand dollars worth. Of, Absolutely. Like but it, at the he same, kept bringing I'm more stuff about out. The, the, you know, just the I think regular, they were businesses that bought the, the I, VIP table. I bought thousand dollar tables that came with nothing. And no good fights. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if it came with all that, that's a that's a great deal. No, I agree with that. I, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the just regular guy coming in there like, I really want to watch, you know, Ballard fight. And then I got stuck watching these girls, which wasn't a bad fight. But, you know, he's over on that side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know? If they would have used the uh, the big screens, that would have been nice. That would have been nice people. too. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have that set up because yeah. we uh, we were on the boxing side, and when everyone stood up, we couldn't see the right. MMA exactly. anymore, which we could have tried to. Peek That's up what and I'm see. saying. Like when the, when Callie took her to the ground, everyone ran over there. But from where I was, I'm like I could. I'm like I don't know what's going on. We didn't know either because everybody's standing up, and even mm-hmm. the people that weren't MMA fans that were there for boxing had ran over there, and we're, now we're blocking our vision. Right. Um, and then we st- went and stood by Mike over there, I think, for the last round, and we could kind of get a line of sight. But the floor, that's the bad thing with any floor, and I've told you covering media for big events, is that once that goes to the ground, everyone's looking up at the screen exactly. because you no longer have line of sight mm-hmm. because it's just – even that as media where they don't allow complaint. people to stand, Right, I'm a shorter guy and line of sight's down, you know, so mm-hmm. they're kind of looking up and seeing what – Whatever is doing. If you ever watch Dana White, he never watches it live. He's always watching the monitor. Like, I mean, he'll be there right ringside, but he's watching the monitor to see what the production value is. So even even being ringside, sometimes people are kind of watching the the thing. Cody's going to be here in a second. I can't wait, dude. There's so much UFC talk, but it's like, you know, I'm trying to. <laughs> Feel like it's like Christmas you know, morning. Like like, like talk talk baseball during sex, so you don't have an eruption or, or ruin the moment or something like you know. Like start thinking, you know, non UFC thoughts or something like that, so you don't you know burst. But um, I, great event, and then you got more boxing coming this week in Detroit. Uh, you know, Winford Harris is going to be the main event. Uh, a couple good heavyweights uh, are fighting. That thing always sells out. And sure enough, I was on Ticketmaster today, and it says sell out. The only way you're going to get a ticket if some boxers have some and they turn them back in. Um, also, the weigh-in is on Thursday. Uh, so come out to the weigh-in at Motor City Casino and get to experience that. That will be, be about 3 or 3.30. But uh, <coughs> if you've been with us since the beginning, not only are you old – but thank you for being with us for five years. But Greg <laughs> was on show three, the show that pivoted. It was the show. It was the show. I still rank it number one. Tony Harrison rapped on it. Everything flowed. 
Uh, it was the one where I got drunk. I did the unnecessary experiment on. You remember? It was fun. Yeah, oh, I was expecting a yes. growler. I don't know what happened. But what have you been up to since then, man? So it's been five years since you've officially been on. Probably about the week or close to Pretty, the week. Yeah. Yeah, probably literally almost exactly. Yeah, yeah. almost. Well, yeah. he was. you were just starting to date Mindy then. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, right. How'd that end? There you go. Oh, nice. Congratulations. So uh, we we still celebrate our uh, dating anniversary, which is five years. Uh, This month, we're headed to Costa Rica for that. Oh, wow. Okay. You're welcome. Yeah, right? It's all your fault. She was so impressed, man, by the show. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. (laughs) She remembers the beer. I told her we were coming back here. Uh, She says, no, I didn't talk, but I I had beer. Yep. (laughs) So what you been up to? Man, uh, you know, same old stuff still. still. So uh, when we talked last, uh, I'm involved in a lot of businesses, and uh, we were doing the music stuff, and we were kind of talking about that. And mm-hmm. uh, we started our uh, security company, The Alarms, that you had mentioned earlier, and that's taken off. So mm-hmm. that uh, that's that's pretty much what I'm doing, man. That's got me busy working 100 hours a week and uh, get to travel, travel in the country. Uh, not far, but Chicago this week. And uh, love that's it, man. Working and hit the gym. That's about it. <laughs> uh, if you get a chance, go to prudentialalarms.com. Uh, Greg was showing me some of the neat stuff. Uh, my my favorite feature he showed me is uh, they actually have uh, cameras you could put on your front porch. If somebody rings the doorbell, you get a phone call. You can actually answer them, so it seems like you're in there through a speaker, or you can tell. I assume you, UPS to leave the package. Yeah, you like I mean, you, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, right? they don't know if you're sitting uh, at work or, or you're sitting on your couch. You just don't want to get up. They have no idea. And this thing was high definition. Like yeah, yeah, I could literally candy, see yeah. cars from the example you showed me on the road and kind of almost get an idea of what cars were driving by. So yeah, the literally. that that was neat. Yeah, we got to hook up your mom. I know she she needs she needs <laughs> it around the whole house, you know, and just like be like. <clears throat> All inclusive in there, but uh, that was the neatest thing you showed me. And that's that's. Uh, is there another product that's uh, that you out there that you just are kind of blown away about, like technology? You know, almost on the exact same uh, length. Like it's uh, they're called floodlight cameras, so you can put those on your doorbells or on your porch lights, and you can talk to people around your house, set off sirens and stuff. Uh, all that real time stuff is really cool. Right. And uh, you know, just the alarms. It's cool to know who's coming, who's going. You know, uh, I had mentioned earlier with technology, it's I always know where my wife is, even if I don't want to. So mm-hmm. as soon as she unlocks my door, I'm going to get a notice on my phone that says, hey, she's home. Wow. You know, so that stuff's pretty cool. Uh, and in Michigan, so many people have a second home, a cottage and stuff like that. That's what – when you originally showed me that, that's – you know, yes, it's great to have the home security. But if you have a rental property or a place you're not – at often you literally can be there in real time and kind of see what's happening in a property that you might only visit in the summer, a hunting cabin that you only do in during hunting season. But the applications were amazing. And then when you said the price, I was amazed at the price too. So like, I was like, wow, you know, because that, you know, stuff like that, when technology comes out, you know, price is always high, but then you, you, you said, you know, um, some of the prices you guys offer and, uh, you know, it seems like technology now has leveled off where it's affordable no matter what it is, right. whether yeah, it's absolutely. iPhones or anything. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, on the alarm side, um, we literally give give alarms away for free now. We don't even charge for them. You just pay your monthly bill every month. Um, so if anybody needs an alarm, let me know. You guys can text me, 734-431-2861. That's my cell phone. Shoot me a text. Give me a call if you're a uh, Detroit area or anywhere in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get you hooked up. And, you know, for the 
most obvious application is uh, where we live. Crime has ventured out even closer to us. And so, I mean, the number one thing, safety and ideally, you know, security alarm systems, everybody's running to get a gun. But at the end of the day, a security alarm system will even most likely deter. What's the word? I'm deter. Deter. No, 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 no. I wasn't. Gonna, it is a deterrence, but I, I was going to say, even though you have a gun and you might be Clint Eastwood, at the end of the day, you just don't want that guy coming in there and making that decision or something like that. Right, and absolutely. that's the first line of defense. Still, is a good security system that once a siren or something goes off, you're not in that predicament where you're in that situation. Right. You know what I use mine most for? My cameras, honestly. I live out in the middle of nowhere, man. I'm out in the state park, but I like to check on my dog and see what he's doing. <laughs> and you get to talk to him. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, if he's not, a, if he's on the couch, he's not supposed to be. I'll yell at him and tell him to get down. <laughs> he's like, what's going right, on? Yeah. Like, Holy Zeus, what's going on? Yeah, so yeah, that's what I use the most for. Somebody's man. calling me. Uh, th- I mean that that's that's great. But you've also became a pretty uh, big MMA fan since I've last. I mean, I was a, a fan, but fan, even but, bigger now. Oh though, yeah, it seems. absolutely. Yeah, man. So um, it's 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 my favorite sport to watch. That's cool. Yeah. So what makes it? Because people ask me to explain it, and because I work in it, it's tough for me to explain. But what, what changes? What what is it about the sport that makes it number one in your book? Because Fox Sports, ESPN, they want to know because they're all searching. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I just I find it just entertaining to watch. Um, and then, and then, uh, being that, that I'm like a gym buff and I, and I like to push myself, it's one of those things where somebody who's at the top, they're there because of how hard that they're pushing themselves. And even though they have teams, it's not really a team sport, man. It's you, you know, you're out there against yourself and you're, and you're working and pushing and, and I like that. And, uh, one of the things that I, I kind of like, and I think some people may think it's a little bit cheesy, but like how, uh, the UFC does things where they'll follow the fighters around and kind of yeah. show you what's going on with them. Like I, I'm into all that stuff. So I think it's cool to just see the training, see, you know, how much better someone can get. Um, and now that I've been watching it for a few years, it's cool to see, you know, people from five years ago and where they're at now, how much that they've, uh, they've progressed. And we were uh, talking how much the sport has evolved. Oh, now yeah. people have been in it longer. Right. Like I can't wait to see 10 years from now when these kids who have been training since they were young kids get up to the professional level. Like that's going to be insane. Right. They've been <clears throat> disciplined in it so much that that's it. Now, uh, Bellator on, you watch Bellator too or is it just a UFC branding? You know, UFC does a really good job at their marketing and they kind of, you know, get me to stick to it and – I don't have a problem with Bellator at all, by any means. You know, mm-hmm. they've got some some good stuff going on. But I will say I've been lucky enough to go to UFC in person and go to Bellator in person, and I hated Bellator in person. Yeah. Um, as, as a spectator, it felt to me like all they gave a shit about was TV. And so there would be, like, nothing happening, nothing going on. And they're like, okay, in 10 seconds, we're going to be live. Everybody scream. I'm like, I don't want to scream for you. I'm not your puppet. I'm here to see your show. Right. You know, and I, that – that wasn't cool to me. I didn't like that. I was telling <clears throat> Rochelle, the coolest thing about UFC is uh, the Who Teenage Wasteland when you're getting ready for it to go live to the pay-per-view. You know, they're, they're blaring the Who. They've done that since yeah. <laughs> as long as I remember. And, you know, the anticipation's building. And if it's a card you're excited for, you, you've gotten through the prelims. You've gotten through and, and, you know, they're getting ready to go live. And, you know, they they darken everything in the octagon. And, you know, the Who uh, – no, not the Who. Uh, yeah, the – 
Teenage uh, Wasteland is Bob O'Reilly. Yeah, Bob O'Reilly okay. is the yeah, name yeah, of the song. Right? Yeah, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, Bob O'Reilly's playing, and you just, you know, it, it, it hypens up into it, and maybe it's a good card, maybe it's. A, a bad card. Uh, we will talk card. Let's move on really quick because and then Cody just hops in. Um, but as a fan, because we'll ask Cody as fighters, per, uh, everything that could have gone wrong with the card did. But it seemed like when you were texting me, you enjoyed it still. Oh, absolutely, man. There was like some, it was saved was some, yeah. somehow. I mean, it was, yeah, there were good fights. It didn't matter what happened, you know. Well, let's start with a uh, fan's perspective. Uh, Khabib uh, went uh, against Al Iaquinta. Uh, that's its third opponent. So you gotta, you know, everybody's like, ah, oh, Khabib maybe didn't look well or, or wasn't as good. But remember, uh, prepares for Ferguson. Ferguson goes down. Holloway doesn't get approved. And Al, Iaquinta on 24 hour notice. And I don't care how, how, where Al had been. He could be, been in Australia and 400 pounds. You just aren't preparing, uh, to fight. You're preparing for an opponent. Right. Yeah. So Khabib, um, had to do that, and he still. I thought uh, we were listening on the way in. People are, are really hard on Rogan because they he thought you know oh Al showed uh, holes in Khabib. They were saying on Sirius XM that guy had one hell of a week, you know, right, yeah. <laughs> with the Conor McGregor stuff always hanging over him. Um, but you brought up a great point. How is it an undisputed belt? And Al Quinta, as much as, hey, thanks for stepping up. Right. You're not taking anything away from the guy, but how is Khabib the undisputed champion? You got Tony Ferguson's uh, got a title right now. Conor yep. McGregor's got a title right now. Now now they both just lose. I mean, I get Conor's getting stripped or whatever. But, yeah. So Tony Ferguson's not an interim champ anymore? Uh, that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, right. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the whole reason that they had uh, the interim belts in the UFC is that Dana White didn't like stripping people because of injury, and then Ferguson goes down, and now, like you said, there's another. So yeah, it doesn't which, make which, sense. Like I'm not, hu- I'm not a huge stats guy or anything, but I, I think the Al's what number eleven. So you come in, you beat the number eleven guy who really hasn't had that many fights recently, mm-hmm. and now you're the undisputed champ. That I don't know. Maybe he's good enough to be the champ, but I don't feel that that fight necessarily proved that, right? Or or that you know. So watching it, do you think Khabib has any better shot at Conor McGregor? I, because I, I believe Conor will be back. Yeah, they're not. God, back. it blew over quick, Jimmy. Yeah. I told you. Holy <laughs> shit! I, what did I say? You didn't believe me. Everything, every time we've gotten into dispute over what's going to happen with something. You always say it's going to be this, and I always say, nope, it's it's going to be more minute like that. And 99% of the time, I am right. I don't know about that. 99% <laughs> of the time, I am right. When when we're in disagreement over something that happens. Okay. You guys are in disagreement every week. <sighs> uh, show yes, you are. We are not in disagreement every week. Okay. I still think the, the okay, hold on. on the show. On the show, we're in disagreement because you can't have. Well, I agree with you. Well, I agree with you. Well, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a, a, you know, back and forth or whatever. But when we, when we do the, uh, when we do the, the text messages offshore or whatever, 90% of the time, I agree with you. 10% of the time. I'm just talking here. It's all something. I'm like, 10% of the time, though, when we're talking, I don't agree with you. And it's the 10% of the time. So 99% of the 10% of the time, I'm right. 
because I'm I'm disagreeing with you, but then I also tend to be right. Because I told you it was going to blow over real fast because it it just they can't afford to not have Conor McGregor. And now now imagine this: what is that fight going to be like? Well, first off, I think New York's going to come down hard, but I disagree. It, but here's the thing: it doesn't mean that he couldn't fight in Russia. And we know Khabib is probably fighting on the Russian yeah. side of it. But even even first then, off, how much bodyguards would Connor have to have to yeah. go into Khabib Nation after <laughs> what he just did with the Irish people? But, you know, was it anything different than business as usual for that guy? If he didn't break out that window with that hand cart. Yeah, you brought up a good point on Saturday. You know, if he Friday. didn't break out that window, is it any different than anything else he ever does? No. no. And I think I think that breaking out the window was a mistake. I don't think he did it on purpose. Right. You know, that's just my opinion. Man, he gets and, crazy sometimes, though. Yeah, I don't know. No, but Cody made the the good point online mm-hmm. that basically you you these guys are animals. Yeah. In the cage for a living, this is what you expect from them. And then just because you walk out of that cage and you're outside, something's going to trigger you. Oh, I'm going to step back. I, I yeah, and that's the one thing though. Mm. We we've all we've all done something stupid, and you're like, man, it was the moment. Yeah. He had a whole transatlantic flight to think about that, and yeah. they still uh, did that, dude. Like, it's <laughs> one thing if me and Jimmy go, hey, dude, let's uh go like TP the Pizza Hut or something like that. But it's another thing for him to go, let's fly across the co- country and then then go TP a Guinness bar or something like that. Halfway through, I'm gonna be like, this. But like Greg crazy. said, that's that is him. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I don't think he was being an animal, some uncontrollable, crazy guy. I think he's just an entertainer. He's a showman, and he knew what he was doing. Uh, you know, I don't think he went crazy and went ape shit. You know, no, but you know what I mean. They've got that. You know, that, that's what you're expected of. You know, the MMA fighters, boxers, is that you know you want them to be, you want them to I'm, be violent. I'm not going to name drop, but yeah, you of, are. No, I'm not. One of the <laughs> biggest. No, no, no. One of the biggest stars. In the sports we cover, and me were walking around an arena, and Rochelle's been with me when this has happened, and every every freaking guy, can I see your credential? Can I see your credential? Hey, you guys aren't allowed here. You're like, you know who that is, right? Credential, credential. Did you just see the Barclays Center people just watching them throw, throw stuff in there, the security guards? I've never been in an arena that's happened like that. Like, it's like none of them, they're just like, I don't know if they were in shock or what, or that's where people yeah. got the idea that it might be staged because they're just standing there. Well, it's like that, but I mean, how many security guards have you met in your life? Uh, around arenas, a lot. Yeah, and how many of them do you think could stand a chance trying to fight Conor McGregor? Oh no, none. And they all know and they know that. who he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, none of them had credentials. They're just running around like crazy. They had to back the bus up and lock the cage on the bus so that he, they couldn't still get access of it. Then they all hop in an elevator, which is crazy. Like the whole mob organizes in the elevator as they go up in the Barclay Center, and then they just run out into the streets and stuff, which is just. When when I Crazy. saw that whole thing, I even told you, Brad, I thought it was staged and to the point where I even told you, I'm like, Dude, if this was staged, I'm not even going to watch this crap anymore. Right. And I'm still not honestly convinced that it wasn't staged. I just think that the window busting out was a mistake. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know. I just really – I have a hard time <laughs> believing that Conor McGregor and his whole crew of people from Ireland – we're able to sneak into arena and open doors and do all this crazy stuff. Yep. I don't believe it. I really don't. And that's just, again, from a just a, an average fan's perspective, I don't believe it. Now, it's going to be really interesting because how, how many people do you think um, 
are going to get lawsuits out of that 30 because there was other people throwing stuff. Now, you said you've seen it. What was it? Mike Michael Cheesa? Ch- Ch- yeah. Uh, You've seen his face? Because I've yeah, still yeah, not yeah. seen his face. Yeah. Um, on the UFC Im- Embedded, we actually shared it on uh, the undercard. He was cut. He didn't even know what happened. And you could tell he was just like, where'd that come from? And somebody's like, he threw a chair or he threw a dolly. And they're yeah. like, he's like, what? <laughs> you know, and he's just bleeding down his face. Um, that sucked that a fighter... <laughs> That had nothing to do with the yeah. beef between Khabib and uh, <laughs> Connor gets in the middle of it and you lose a fight opportunity. But I guarantee you he's getting paid. He, you know, it'll probably be a settlement. If Connor comes back to the UFC, it'll be a settlement. And uh, the settlement will be more than Michael's going to probably make in his whole career. And so weird situation kind of like slipping on ice and uh, in front of a business or something yeah, it was a good day for him yeah good <laughs> good bad day good day though you know right. and uh so he might and you know what the crazy thing is people that didn't know of mike before that now know of him because he'll always be the guy that had the bloody face from conor mcgregor like he's almost folklore now <laughs> like i mean if you know you had a nosebleed right now i'd be like hey, hey, hey you know it just it would be right. one of the things that would roll off you um, just like if Jimmy throws a dolly, I'm going to be like, you pulled a Conor McGregor. Like, you know, you're just throwing some dollies there, dude. You're crazy, man. Pull the Conor McGregor. Okay. Oh, you, you would gotta, say that. You got to look no, at your wouldn't. face like you kind of want to throw a dolly <laughs> if you right threw, now. If you threw a dolly, I'd be like, Brad, what the fuck is wrong with no, you? No, no, no. I'm saying if you threw it, I'd be like, you pulled a Conor McGregor. You, know, uh, you, threw, you threw some uh, because, Office Max material. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> he's not the first one to throw stuff around like that. He won't be the last. Right. It's not a Conor McGregor. It's just that happened to be an implement that was near him when he decided to, when he went off. And that's the particular thing that he threw. Could have been a chair. Could have been, you know, whatever. He just, it just so happened that that was what was, you know, uh, available to him. He's like, yeah, Yeah. he looked like uh, Irish Hulk. Just was like going nuts in there and just like break stuff, Hulk smash, and just kept grabbing stuff. I mean, he is yeah. his entourage was eventually stopping him. I think he was pill- picking up like a giant uh, cage. So uh, he probably knows what it's called, or you know, the the guardrails. Like it looked mm-hmm. like he was yeah. going to throw that next. Like here, yeah. here, here that comes. You know? Yeah, and that would have broke much more windows. Yeah, like that would have if he, if he lands cleanly. Yeah, I was actually surprised. You, you think a bus like that would have been a little bit more shatterproof? I'll be honest. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You I ever, don't think. Uh, you I was, the glass at a little fuse arena. This stuff's pretty. Uh, I, I was going uh, and I was gonna <laughs> say you you don't make a bus with the specific intention of oh at some point in time someone may take a dolly and try to throw it through the windows uh, well, unless I, you're making a bulletproof glass for like security reasons like it's just tempered glass and that stuff that stuff shatters pretty easily didn't it's dr- supposed to shatter easily okay uh i saw people online i i am not anti i i have no say in this but a lot of people were critiquing the bus driver for not like going like i mean this stuff's yeah. happening and you stay in there yeah like pull out go you know yeah. like uh, you don't know what's happening yeah i mean um, but if he runs somebody over that's his ass yeah and that's, that's the other true. thing too there yeah. you don't know like people you know there might have been people like running back and forth he may have not been able to you know uh take off without accidentally maybe hitting somebody you don't know yeah you know i don't think that they actually felt that threatened no that's probably true <laughs> 
Uh, it, clearly the Barclays Center people were not because they're just standing, like I said, in the hallway <laughs> and not not doing anything. Uh, but yet I'll get stopped a million times in the arena for my credentials. That's because you have that look. I do have that Yeah, that look, look that you're in. You're gonna getting into trouble. No, no, you're uh, going to get into some kind of trouble. No one ever stops me at most arenas. That's good. Yeah. You look like you just weird. determined to go. You. You're just like. I do, I, yeah, I do. Just walk past. <laughs> they 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 automatically <laughs> assume that you belong there. Yeah, it happens. No matter what all, it is, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I th- well, that, I think that's part of. Uh, I've worked in security my whole life. Uh huh. And I've kind of so you carry that yourself that way. I just figured that if I look like I'm supposed to be there, yep. generally they believe it, and it works. Yep. I've gotten into concerts with no tickets like that. I just walk right through. Many times. <laughs> I've, I've done that behind stage with some people. We just kind of walk really by. Yeah, kind of. I've, I've done that to get behind stage of people we want to meet. Uh, we just a- See, actually. I, I just can't. I can't do that. Oh, I, I got. I got. Amaz- I just can't do that. I, I got an I, amazing I, technique uh, where I distract them with something that I know they won't know the answer to, don't we? And we walk right by them every time. I, I talk. I make eye contact with them. And I say something that I know they would possibly not know, and then I just keep like walking. What? And anything, oh, and I'll just and I, as I'm walking away, I go, "No, never mind. I'll figure it out." <laughs> and I just keep going. But it it works. Uh, it's worked at very colleges with security. It's worked everywhere, and it's I just worked at I got, liquor events. Yes, exactly. I got down on the field at the uh, Outback Bowl this year. What? Just kept yeah, walking. I got a video of it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, just, just kept walking. No one stopped you. Walked all the way down. You Kevin Harded it like all uh, the way, Philadelphia all the way down through the tunnel, <laughs> up right out onto the field. Right <laughs> what were you wearing? A hoodie. It was cold down there. It was oh awful. Yeah, I've I've not escaped the cold yet this year. Wow. It was like thirty nine and raining that day. I went to Myrtle Beach a couple weeks ago. It was warmer here than it was there. But you got Costa Rica <laughs> coming up for the anniversary. Yeah, so wait, wait, I hope it's warm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got to be warm. Yeah. And not hurricane season. We're going to go to our first break. Cody, I believe, is momentarily away. We'll continue with our UFC talk. Uh, a lot has happened this week. Uh, we will be back in about 10 minutes. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back yeah. to the undercard, everybody. Cody is now joining us. Uh, we kind of previewed what happened this past week. Um, we wanted to wait kind of for you to even dive into it more. But you took to social media. I liked your uh, your stance on it. I was, um, I was just trying to stir the pot. You, and you did. <laughs> because all of a sudden all, all the keyboard warriors were out and I oh, saw yeah. you doing battle. <laughs> yeah. Round one, round two, round seven. Yeah, just keep going. Um but what's your take on it? Uh, Greg, Greg gave a fan's perspective. Let's get somebody part of the UFC organization perspective. He, uh, I mean, his stock definitely went down doing that. There's no question. Uh, it, it would have been, in like a fighter's eyes, it would have been gangster if he had went there and just met Khabib in the hotel and just walked up to him and just punched him in the face. I think everybody would have cheered that on, like, good for you. You know, you went and defended your team and your friend. Cool. But the way he handled it, uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I could have – it couldn't have went any worse for him. You know what I mean? Having, like, all the people that had nothing to do with their little beef um, getting hurt. I mean, it's the worst thing that could have happened. Like, he literally – she, like shot himself in the foot. I mean, not only does he look like a bully, but now you know he he 
he's going to have some terrible lawsuits coming his way soon. I mean, the guys that didn't fight, you know, and the UFC, I'd imagine gosh, the UFC probably won't sue him, but they might give him a little smack on the wrist and say, hey, Connor, uh, you know, you owe us kind of deal. But, I mean, like Mike Chiesa, Ray Borg, the guys who didn't fight, Paul Felder, all those guys whose fights got messed up, I mean, those guys are are going to be awarded, you know, some serious compensation for, you know, the injuries and, you know, having not been able to fight. And we were we, – oh, now my mic's down. Sorry. We were talking uh, Chiesa uh, really quick. Um, bad night for him, but good night. You're going to make millions. It'll settle out of court. Yeah, he's going to make more probably than he would have if he had fought. His whole career maybe. Yeah. It, could, it could be like a $5 million settlement yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it could be something nuts like that. Um, I didn't think the cut was that serious. And then Ray Borg said he got glass in his eye. The guy wears glasses. I don't know how that, you know what I mean? Like he he wasn't even, you know, from what I've heard, he wasn't even anywhere near where the window was broken. Mm-hmm. And then he said he, he, he got glass in his eye. He he wears glasses. Like he wears like big glasses. Right. It'd be hard for, you know, him to get glass in his eye having not been close to, you know, where that window was shattered. Chiesa was like sitting right there. So well, yeah, got, Chiesa didn't know where it. it even came from. You watch the video and it like, honestly, he's like, where'd that come from? And like, somebody's like, Connor threw something. Like you could tell he was bleeding. He's like, like, seriously? Like he, I, 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 you ever be on a bus and you're leaning your head, you're just relaxing. They're weight cutting. Rem- cutting remind you, yeah. um, it seemed to me he was probably like, like napping against the, the thing. And when it happened, because that's the only way I see it happening. But, um, yeah, what a mess. What an absolute mess! You've been you've been in that situation where you're cutting weight and um you're going through the media interviews and stuff like that. Um, it's exhausting, you, right? And then you had to deal with that stuff because uh, Rose walked back to the hotel. She supposedly was distraught. Um, what a distraction! Now, let's turn it turn it this way though. Khabib has to deal with this. This is his third opponent. Ferguson goes down with injury. Uh, Holloway's not approved. And then uh, uh, Ally Quinta uh, steps in. Knowing that you just don't prepare to fight, and I was talking to Greg about this, how impressive is it that Khabib not preparing for Al, even though Al is not normally where competition should be, still kind of walks through him. Just be Khabib being Khabib. I mean, Al's, Al's a tough dude. I, mean, I think he was ranked number 11 going into that, but... I can't think of the last time Ally Quinta lost. I mean, he's a he's an absolute. I mean, he's an absolute killer. Like uh, he's one of those guys that you know was maybe a fight or two away from you know being in that in that position. Obviously, he got moved up pretty fast. But I mean, Khabib. I mean, everyone talked about how hard it would have been for Khabib, but Khabib doesn't really adjust his game plan for people. He fights everyone the exact same way. Like you know for a fact, he's gonna. Wrestle hit, you, hit you with a lazy jab and just try to wrestle fuck you the whole time. Like, that's his game plan. I mean, he's really, really good at it. He's the best at it. Mm-hmm. The absolute, I mean, he's so much better than everybody else at it. It's insane. But at the same time, like, you know, I think any opponent, that, any guy that you put in there against Khabib, his game plan is always going to be the same. He's mm-hmm. not going to be a guy that, like, he's too far into his career to just awesomely evolve into a stand-up guy. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you saw it. The stand-up's not very good. It's, it's, I mean, it's effective for for what it is but i mean if he wears guys out on the ground he you know he 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 drags them into uh you know his fight for a couple rounds and then he tries to fight guys on their feet that's like what he does that every single fight 
I mean, every single time. He doesn't really finish anybody. He just like, he wears on him. I mean, his positioning I mean, from like a, from like a technical standpoint, from a fighter standpoint, like what he does is insane. And the way he does it is, is awesome to watch. But I mean, he's not really that exciting of a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings us to, uh, you, you being a fighter, always got to ask a fighter perspective. Um, clearly Connor didn't handle it correctly. That fight first Khabib was there for him. I mean, it, it, I, I, it's I, tough honestly, to, you wanted to friend a friend. You were telling me. Uh, I think it's there more now because now there's a huge backstory. Mm-hmm. They're going to, I mean, they're going to, they're a business. They're going to build off this, you know, Connor's you gonna, would hope so. Connor's going to get a, he's going to get a smack on the wrist and he's going to end up fighting Khabib. <clears throat> I almost guarantee. Oh yeah. That. I almost guarantee it. I wouldn't even be surprised if I don't think the UFC had anything to do with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't some people that like turned a blind eye to what was going on, not realizing that Connor was going to take it that far and, and do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe there was going to be an altercation in the back. You know what I mean? And some people on the inside knew about it. Probably not the high up, you know, people high up, but. You know, there were probably people that were kind of just like, oh, that's Conor McGregor. What's he doing here? You know, like turning their head, <laughs> right. like, well, you know, letting him walk in there. And then, uh, but obviously it, it, it backfired because, you know, he messed up and got other people involved. Uh, Jimmy would have to look up, I think it was the Lennox Lewis press conference, too. Uh, not, Tyson's remembered for uh, biting Evander Holyfield. But he also bit somebody at a press conference when there was a scrim, scrim, like a scrum going on on the the press conference. It might have been Lennis Lewis. All of a sudden, somebody felt someone biting him down there. It was Tyson on the ground biting somebody down there. I remember Lennox Lewis's interview. He's like, I I look down and someone's biting me. (laughs) Tyson, he's like, and then he's just like, I hate getting bit. (laughs) All nonchalant. It's pretty funny. So – as as bad as this is, he's probably still three Conor McGregor behind Tyson biting in the ring, which is just unheard of. Bit off Evander Holyfield's, uh, just totally disregarding the rules and and biting uh, Evander Holyfield ear twice and biting it off. And then second, I think almost the biting of Lennox Lewis might still be ahead of the bus. It's pretty close. Maybe they're tied for second, but it is the fight game. Weird shit has happened over the years. Um, I, I felt like I kind of I made a decent point about like. I mean, you can't expect you you take a fighter and you put all this pressure on him, and like these are guys that you like lock in a cage, and you watch like you basically kill each other in a cage, and you expect them to like live normal lives when they come out, model citizens when they get out. He, he bought him. He bit him on the leg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bites uh, Tyson bites Lewis on leg in public fracas. That was in. Oh shoot! Uh, it's not normal behavior. <laughs> but that goes I feel like I feel like that's where MMA's headed, though. Like, there's going to be like fights at press conferences and stuff. They're just like uh, you're kind of just kind of blowing this whole thing wide open. Which uh, the norm is now the bar just like just went a little bit lower. Which in <laughs> in just a a crazy and I, we talked about it, Cody. This is the craziest in between weeks we've ever had with the undercard. Uh, Floyd Mayweather was shot at too in Atlanta. His body yeah. got shot at a Waffle House. Yeah, first off, I like Waffle House. So in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. So you don't get shot at unless you're doing some shady shit. No, no, it's no. Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> no, it's Floyd Mayweather. I, but still, yeah, I don't think they had Floyd anything. To do no, with I don't it. think they were aiming at Floyd though. I think they were aiming at his bodyguards. What? He just happened to be there. Yeah. 
I think his bodyguards got involved in some stuff. Where was your theory coming from? Well, you don't get you don't have somebody who just comes out and starts shooting at somebody like that, especially not like somebody like that. Unless you, so I think, I mean, me personally, I think they weren't shooting at Floyd. They were shooting at his bodyguards and Floyd just happened to be there. And that, and so I don't think they were necessarily shooting at Floyd. I think one of his bodyguards might be involved in some shady stuff. I don't, I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know for certain. I'm just saying like, you know, something like that doesn't just happen. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can tell you from experience though, the counterpoint. Uh, in Rochelle's been around, he always has a lot of security. And those right. guys are 10 times bigger than him. Yeah. He's only 5'6". Yeah. You can barely see him through the security. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, he's there. And then the security, the they're all wearing the TMT, yeah. uh, the money team thing. Then he goes by. I, depending at, at the Waffle House, there might have not been. But, man, that, that would suck if the security guard deserved it. Uh, or, or like he was, he is in the altercation because it, it, it appears like that guy was shooting at Floyd Mayweather Jr. I mean, that's what it sounds I mean, like. I mean, I watched the video and I mean, it's hard to tell because when somebody starts opening fire, everybody starts scrambling, you right. know what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard to tell, but what, what did they do? What did his bodyguards do when the, did they like get in front of him? They get in between him yeah, and the shooter. I, I don't think there's any video out of it. I know the bodyguard was taken to the hospital early that morning. Uh, let me see. Uh, be cool let me see, see if I can did. find. I'd be curious to see if like those guys like cut and run when the shooting started. <laughs> Floyd's paying him money, and <laughs> everyone starts getting shot, and they're like, "No!" They did throwing him out in front, like shoot him. It's all fun and games until someone brings a gun. Right. Ah, uh, so. Then the rumor comes out by Forbes, which is actually a legit magazine. Floyd's Floyd Mayweather's entourage was targeted in shooting, cops say. That's from TMZ That's one day crazy. ago. No, I believe you. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I. I uh, what other conspiracy theories do you have? Well, I mean. No, <laughs> I'm not, it's not a conspiracy theory. I'm just saying, like, I mean, because think about it, okay? So he's got all these bodyguards. He doesn't really know. I mean, could be a relatively new guy. Bodyguards, you know, tend to uh, do security for a lot of different people. That bodyguard may have been security for somebody else no, at one point no, in time. Floyd's is his own people. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're all the money team. Well, I'm saying, but could have been a new guy, part of the crew. You know what I'm saying? I you don't know, you don't I actually saying, didn't don't recognize know. the guy. You did. Got, okay. No, I didn't. No, oh, I didn't. You didn't. Okay. No, and I I do know some of them. Okay. So I, I all I'm saying him. all I'm saying is is that there could have been a bodyguard that at one point in time, not necessarily even recently, but at one point in time worked for somebody else, pissed somebody off because of something that happened, and this guy came back for revenge. He just happens to be guarding Floyd Mayweather right now. So I'm not I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. I'm just saying. It's feasible that they were targeting the somebody in his entourage and not Floyd Mayweather himself. That's very possible. Yeah, yeah uh, we we do have uh, a guest calling in. Any okay. second, we're gonna let Cody introduce his teammate here in a second. Oh, okay. I don't know. How to say his last name. <laughs> Why do you think I passed the mic? I'm gonna bust it. <laughs> While we're waiting for him to call, though, uh, I mispronounce everything. 
And uh, somebody lost Wheel of Fortune the other night because they couldn't pronounce they, – they knew what it said on the board. They had so they the letters, but they couldn't it. pronounce it. I didn't know that oh. was a rule. Oh, oh yeah. You have, to, of, you have to yeah. be able to say it. That's yeah. how I'd lose. It'd be like for the grand prize, $100,000 plus the car, and I'd I'd butcher it. And they'd pass it. I'd be like, no, not pronounced correctly. Or I can just call. 586? Hey, well, don't say it out loud. No, I'm just saying is that – yeah, say it out loud. <laughs> what is this phone number? <laughs> Don't do that. No, okay, we got it. No, the... All right. Cody, introduce. Hello? Hello? Hey, how's it going, bro? Hey. This is uh, Muneeb Al-Samani making his pro debut this weekend, fighting uh, Jake Lamb at 135 pounds. How you feeling, Muneeb? I feel good. Just left the gym, going sharp. Nice. You're, you're live on the air, by the way. Cody Cody <laughs> forgot to mention that. He should know. Oh, yeah. He knows. <laughs> so, He's been here before. Yeah. He knows the drill. I don't think Cody has talked about a fighter's uh, potential as much as he has you. Um, you got Jake Lamb happening this weekend. How excited are you to get this pro debut out of the way? Uh, how, how ready do you think your amateur career has uh, made you for this moment? I feel like uh, I'm really well prepared because mostly because of the people I train with, like Cody and Darren and the many other guys I have in the gym with me. Uh, my amateur career uh, could have gone a little bit better, had a lot of ups and downs, but uh, I did what I had to. I fought all the people that would fight me, and now I'm ready to make my pro debut. I feel like I've been ready for a little while. I haven't fought in seven months, and I've been healthy, so it's making me really hungry to get in there and put this guy out. Now, um, the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves um, is happening this weekend down at Burt's Warehouse. Amateur boxing is very much different than pro boxing. A good amateur boxer doesn't necessarily mean a good pro boxer. A good pro boxer might have not had a good amateur career. Um, but in MMA, it's a, a little bit different. I'll let you and Cody answer this. There, there's not, besides it, counting forever on your record. Is there that much of a difference between just skipping from AMI to pro? What do you think, Manib? Well, um, in my opinion, I don't see like a, I don't see like a big difference because I got to fight a couple. I think like five of my fights had full MMA rules with elbows and everything. So I feel like the only difference is a longer round and getting paid for it. How about you, Cody? You had a uh, amateur yeah. career and a it, long pro career. In most states, the uh, the rules are a lot different. So most states that you wear headgear, you wear bigger gloves, and you wear shin pads. And a lot of stuff isn't allowed, like knees and kicks to the head aren't allowed um, in most states. But Michigan is the Wild West. You do whatever the hell you want. I mean, we, we've been fighting like pretty much no rules, no sanction for ever. You know, amateur fighting just got sanctioned. Like when I was coming up, there wasn't even a sanction. You could like do anything. There was no like governing body to say that you couldn't, you could fight any weight class. You could fight a pro. There, like you could do whatever you wanted. But I mean, now there's a little bit of sanction, but still, I mean, like Manib said, it's really not that much different outside of like the rounds and the money. It's it's pretty much exactly the same to where if you grew up in California, it would be a huge change because you would go from, you know, having, you know, all this equipment to having no equipment to, you know, having rounds that are twice as long, you know, being able to get kicked and needing the head. It's way different. But in Michigan, it's 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 just a title. 
Now, Maniba, what are, what are you fighting Jake at? What weight class and uh, is this your permanent destination? How's the weight cut coming for the first pro fight? So uh, for this one, I'm fighting Jake at 135. Um, usually I fight at 25. I feel like uh, 35 isn't isn't so bad because I don't have to cut as much weight. And uh, I got to, like, eat pretty much everything I wanted up until, like, this last, like, week and a half. So I feel good right now. And uh, I, I don't want you to reveal game plan and stuff, but um, you've been in, in the studio with Cody before. But refresh everybody, um, the disciplines that you're good in, and uh, why, why do you think you had an advantage over Lamb this weekend? Uh, well, it's no secret that I'm a stand-up guy, but I just feel like I'm prepared for wherever the fight goes. Uh, I'm ready to beat him up. If we got on the ground, I want to punch a hole in his head. The same thing if we're on the on the feet. So um, that's pretty much my game plan. Just make sure that I'm I'm hitting this guy a lot and letting him know that this is a different type of uh, fight than what he's uh, used to. I want to make it rough for him, you know. Cody, you fought on every level now. Um, you know, and you're mentoring the the people from Michigan Top Team. What what advice do you give? Uh, the people that are making a pro debut just to stay relaxed because as we said, it's, it's, it's still a fight. You know, how, how do you keep the demons out of the head? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, I was terribly nervous for my pro debut. I don't even know why. Uh, it's just a different, it's a different thing. You just got to remember it's just a fight. You know, I always tell myself it's just a fight. It's not a, uh, if you put something like a fight, you know, up on a pedestal, you make it some, you know what I mean? If you make it that much bigger in your mind, um, it's all that weight, all that pressure. But if you don't, I mean, I look at every single fight like it's just, I just go out there and just fight. And there's really, I don't really, uh, you know, consider the like losing or I don't fear losing or, you know, think, all I think about is, is winning and just doing my job and, and just let, you know, the pressure and everything go. Um, I would give that advice to anybody, you know, just let it be, just go in there relaxed and, you know, just trust, trust in your hard work. Now, uh, TXC, it's happening this weekend, uh, Burton Manor, Livonia. It's happening on Saturday nights. Tickets are still available. You can see uh, the debut. But um, so we, we talked about nerves. We talked about your training. We talked about everything like this. Um, what what was the big decision, though, that it was amateur time? Did you talk with uh, uh, Fish? Did you talk with Darren? Did you talk with Cody? How, how did you know this is the right time to turn pro? Well, I just had like a, I, my, I wanted to make like one last tough amateur fight and the guy I wanted to fight was, uh, Freddie Rodriguez. He was like a collegiate wrestler and everything. I thought that would have been a good matchup to help me prepare for, uh, my pro debut. But after he backed out and like having a hard time getting another, another amateur fight, I just figured it was, uh, it was time to just go in there and start doing this, uh, as a pro, as a pro because that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And when you have a good gym like Michigan Top Team and there's other ones in the state and there's other ones around the world, uh, I know you're training with animals. I know Cody goes, you know, uh, hair on fire, goes all out for a training camp. You're, you're probably not expecting anything from uh, Lamb that you've not seen against the, the quality of your, your camp and the quality of your gym. Is that, I mean, is that safe to assume that you, you, fi- you figure that if you can hang with those guys training – that Saturday should be a walk. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a walk by any means, but I do feel like I'm, I'm the better fighter and I train with the better fighters too. And I feel like, uh, over the years I've just developed into a much, uh, much better guy in the gym. 
and I've been able to to build my confidence off that, knowing that uh, what I dealt with in the gym with some guys is nowhere near what I'm going to have to deal with in the cage. But still, uh, a cage fight, you got to be ready for anything. You never know what can happen in there. So I just got to go in there uh, knowing that I'm ready, and I'm just going to kill this guy is really all of this. Cody said that he, in the past, he practiced his victory speeches. Is there anything mentally that you, you do differently than other fighters that um, – Gives you the confidence going into Saturday. Uh, Cody said he recited in front of the mirror the victory speech, saw it through his mind. What what mental tricks do you got lined up? I mean, I do uh, practice my victory speeches like in the shower sometimes, but it never <laughs> comes out the way I, the way I think it is. Don't admit that. Just, uh, <laughs> go off the question of that announcer asked. So um, yeah, it always happens different. But there's really no mental trick for me. I mean, just. Uh, Day of the fight, I usually just do a little uh, shakeout in the morning. Uh, Cody does them too. So I just do that and just uh, visualize just the initial engagement because I feel like once I'm in the initial engagement, that's when it's uh, fight time, you know? Now, away from your gym, name some fighters that influence you or, or somebody that you like to watch that you, you kind of mimic in the ring or cage or or somebody that y- you, you hope to be. Um, somebody that I hope to be like in MMA. Yeah. I mean, really, I like, I liked, uh, watching Anderson Silva when I was growing up. That was like one of my favorite guys. Uh, I liked the Diaz brothers, Nick Diaz a lot when I was growing up. Just guys like that, guys who go out there and just, you know, get knockouts, finish these guys. All right. Well, if anyone wants to follow you on social media, where, where can we find you? And we wish you the best of luck. We know that, uh, uh, you're you're ready for sure, but uh, where where can people find you on social media? So I'm on uh, Snapchat and Instagram at Muneeb underscore Salmani, and I'm also on Facebook. It's just my full name, Muneeb Al Salmani. So those are my social medias. All right, well, I appreciate th- you guys uh, taking the time out to have me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Come in with Cody sometime, and uh, we'll we'll celebrate the victory. Uh, have have a few pops and. Have some fun. Uh, we we got to go to What's on Tap, but best of luck, Manib. Thank you, guys. All right, take care. All right, What's on Tap, presented by Falling Down Beer Company. All right. <clears throat> I sent uh, Rochelle the, the – oh, there it is. Okay, cool. Ooh. Yeah, new intro. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to stick around. Not, not, now we can actually play it instead of uh, having to try to bring this thing all the way over here, which makes it a lot easier. All right, this is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, April 12th, uh, Indigo, California, ESPN2. We have Francisco Vargas versus Rod Salka. Ten rounds for the junior lightweights. Uh, April 13th at Detroit, Michigan. I'm going to try to read off uh, these fights. We have Winfred, Winfred Harris versus Aaron Garcia. Eight rounds for the middleweights. Rydell Booker versus Jamal Woods. Six rounds for the heavyweights. Taylor Durr versus Dwayne Williams. Durr. Uh, versus Dwayne Williams, six rounds for the heavyweights. Daryl Cunningham versus Gundrick King, six rounds for the middleweights. Isaiah Jones versus Cameron Burroughs, six rounds for the middleweights. Frank Martin versus Taryn Arrington, four rounds for the junior welterweights. Cortez Chambliz versus Edward Aceves. Is that, do you, do you know how to pronounce no, that? Yeah, uh, Cortez uh, Chambliss. Chambliss uh, versus Edward Aceves. I don't know Edward. All right, uh, four rounds for the welterweights. Derek Coleman Jr. versus Raul Hernandez. By four the way, rounds. 
For the middleweights, Jared Coleman Jr., uh, I don't know if you're going to be there, Cody, on Friday, uh, is a beast, dude. Tyson likes, he's scary, and built like Michael Phelps in that. I think wow. I, I want to watch him. <laughs> uh, we have Josh Wiesel versus Jared Chauvin. Four rounds for the junior middleweights. And Joel Berman versus German Hauk. Uh, four rounds for the junior welterweights. Uh, moving on to... That? Huh? When did you pull that? Today. What time? I was... Uh, like Bar- Barnes is four. There. Yeah, I noticed Barnes was missing off of there. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, uh, April fourteenth, Mexico City. We have Sylvia Torres versus Jessica Neri Plata. Ten rounds for Torres's WBA interim women's strawweight title. April fifteenth, at Yokohama, Japan. We have uh, Roita Morata versus Emmanuel Felice Blandamura. 12 rounds for Matura's WBA regular middleweight title. And Diego Higa versus Christopher... Diego. Diego Higa versus Christopher Rosales. 12 rounds for Higa's WBC flyweight title. Moving on to MMA, April 13th, we have Bellator 197. Chandler versus Gertz, and that's in Missouri. Uh, April 14th, we have UFC on Fox 29. Uh, Poirier versus Gaith, I think it's how you pronounce Gaethy. it. Gaethy. Gagey. Okay. Gagey. Uh, that is in Glendale, Arizona. April 14th, we have TXC Legends 12. That is the Burton Manor, Livonia, Michigan. And that is it for What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. All right. Hey, I, I love you for doing that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't pronounce <laughs> all those names. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, not not always, not uh, always. But yeah, I, I couldn't pronounce them. That's why. I, but the ones I do know, I, I always, I, I always like. try to look it up, and then I try to like put it in Google, and then try to have like Google pronounce it. Uh, and we did that with that Russian. Yeah, and and sometimes it comes out okay, and sometimes I can't even understand the pronunciation that Google comes up with. Speaking of which, before we segue back into uh, talking, I. Uh, our good friend Alexi Zuboff, who's been in studio with us, mm-hmm. he's in Creed too. He's right now he, he's working out with uh, Dolph uh, Lundgren. So, yeah, but Ivan Drago's son, right? Victor. Victor Drago in yeah. the script. He's actually on the movie set right now, uh, playing. I don't know a Russian opponent or whatever, but good for him, dude. All that's sudden, pretty like, badass. Yeah, all of a sudden he's got like an acting. Gig. So yeah, good for Zuboff. And I mean, he, he looks the part, big rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if he's speaking in it. I don't know anything about it. But hopefully, you he will gets lose. Those, yeah, hopefully, he gets a union contract <laughs> from it and gets royalty checks the rest of his life. That's but, pretty yeah, cool. He's on, uh, he's going to be in Creed too. So we, I must we found that cool. out. Yeah, it must be. You cool. will lose. Um, so that's actually shooting. Yeah, and uh, so good for Zuboff, but all right. So we're going to ra- wrap up our, our discussions on the UFC, um, but. What was your overall, as as bad as it could have been for the UFC, it seems like, and I've still not gone back and watched it all because I was covering other fights, people liked the card, though. Yeah, the fighters went out and made it happen. I mean, that's really what it's about. It's about the, the fights. I mean, that's the most important part. And you can have all the hype in the world, and there's been cards like that where it's like the perfect card. All these big-name guys are fighting, and all the fights suck. For whatever reason, guys just don't go out there and, and like, put it on. But they did this fight. That the fight card was awesome. Like I bought the pay per view and I was happy with it. And sometimes I'm like, man, I wish 
I get my money Didn't back. Spend sometimes, that money, yeah. sometimes I'll call and get my money back because I'm like, this was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, you just like I, I would assume UFC fighters had a code or something. You, 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 you nope. got to pay for a pay per view just like everybody yep. else. Pay just like me and Greg else. were talking about that the other day with business. We have, we have a fight <laughs> like a fight pass account, but not the uh, not the UFC. I mean, I'm sure if I really like. If I, really, if I really wa- like wanted to, I mean, I could probably call somebody that works for the UFC and be like, hey, can you refund my $55 that I paid? <laughs> I want, no, it's like, is it worth it? I want no red M&Ms in my... Uh, yeah. uh, green M&Ms. Green, no, wasn't it red that much they didn't want? You've got them to give your money back? Uh, you I, like? The most common one yeah, is yeah, green. I like when I, I told them that my... Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's no, okay. No. Continue <laughs> your conversation. <laughs> Continue your conversation. I just told them that the streaming was messed up. <laughs> I one no, time fell asleep and I tried to get my money back or just to let them to, I, not to get my money back I wanted them to play it again I'm like I, I was tired I felt they yeah. were like, they said I'm sorry sir we, we played it it's not my fault you didn't see it oh. Oh. well no I was saying when I when I worked uh, um in theaters, and we would get riders or whatever for right. famous the people bands. or whatever, the bands or the performers or whatever. The most con- if they put the clause in there about the M and M's, it's usually green M and M's. And the reason they do that is not they don't actually care if there's green M and M's uh, in the dressing room. What they do, they do that to see if you've read the rider. Have they actually read this rider so that they know that you've read everything that's on there? Because nine times out of ten, if you call and say, hey, do they really want green M&Ms taken out? They'll say no, they they don't. But we just wanted to make sure you read the rider. So that's what that actually is. And what it it actually has nothing to do with stupidity or being a diva or whatever. It like, has to do with, you know, uh, uh, did you did you read what we sent you? Fuck yeah, I want green M and If there's any other, I'm not. I'm not performing. <laughs> right, and there, there's some that we want all. We only want like green M and M's. Or uh, there was one. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Lou Rawls, uh, the only rider that he had, and and we asked him if it was true, and they said yes. Was that he needed room temperature water, not hot, not cold. He doesn't want cold water. He wants room temperature bottled water. It was the only thing that he requested because I guess the the cold like like uh, 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 not cold, damages cold in hot water or bad yeah, yeah. well like cold water the only right like That's refrigerated hot. water is not good for you when you're like singing or whatever apparently so right. yeah room temperature yeah. it's yeah. not cold well, we, got, <laughs> we got at least a Take month or two we got to figure out what Cody's uh, crazy rider would be <sighs> wait for him in the dressing room I don't know. <laughs> but, but in contract negotiations, just be like, hey, could you throw in some UFC? They take pretty good care of you. I mean, like, there's like a buffet afterwards after you fight. There's doctors standing by. They, I mean, they, they they make you feel like you're special. So, but what if we? What if next time? Because we couldn't do it with the Arnold. Rochelle's waiting for you on the concourse with that lasagna. That could that could work. <laughs> that could and work. just like you, you go straight <laughs> there, you work. take the after picture they do with the team yeah. and go straight to the lasagna. Yeah, that'd be and nice. just smash it. <laughs> yeah, this 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 last fight was kind of weird because I had to like, I had to get stitched like directly afterwards, and mm-hmm. I had to get stitched, and like I literally got done getting stitched, and like one side of my face was like pretty much numb because yeah. you know they obviously numbed it, 
And then, like, I'm standing in front of, you know, 50 cameras, and they're like, okay, let's talk about your fight. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your friend from KOP, Matt, just posted a hilarious. He's yeah, like, yeah, Mondays good. make you feel like, and your, your eyes <laughs> drooping. His <laughs> <laughs> ad's a picture of me, like a freeze frame picture when I'm doing an interview. <laughs> yeah, and you got <laughs> yeah, the soul in the eye and You got me. Yeah, you got me. Uh, Greg, you, you marveled at, uh, God, I forget who it was, uh, because I was at the boxing event, but you said that somebody's uh, performance sta- stood out was uh, – super entertaining for you for UFC. Do you remember who that was? You know what? It was two guys I've never heard of and the guy's name kind of was like Khabib. Who okay. Was who was it? Uh, <laughs> Zabid. Uh, God, I'm going to butcher his last name. It's like Mazamed Sharapov. That guy is a bad motherfucker. You He's watch cool, that yeah. Fight, right? Tall yeah, guy, like, yeah. Man, he was impressive. I don't know how he would stack up to somebody that's really good, but man, he was really impressive in that fight and whoever he fought, man, that guy would just he, had he the just wanted of his life. to get hit, man. He didn't give a fuck like yeah. that. That was entertaining, man. That, that, that was really cool. They got the fifty thousand dollars. Did they get the bonus? Yeah, they okay, got the bonus. They yeah. man. They the fight of the night bonus. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that fight. ended by decision, or like I said, I was at boxing. That, that fight. That fight was on UFC Fight Pass. It was the first fight of the night, and then because of all the shit that happened, it got moved up to wow. the pay per view, and those guys just put on a show. Both of them were unranked. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was. It's crazy. It was cool to see. I mean, that that Zabid guy is like, he's like one of the top prospects at at one forty five. Okay, crazy yeah. Talk. I mean, some of the, cool the, the kicks he was throwing, mm-hmm. and I mean, he was flipping and cartwheeling and landing him. Like, yeah, he's, he was yeah, good, he's sweet. man. Good now, like I said, I'd love to see him stack probably, how he would stack up against like a top ten guy. I don't know, but he's in that about fight, his next yeah. fight. His next fight, yeah, nice. someone top ten. Now there's he's ugly though, man. <laughs> there's people out there in in Jimmy and me doing the show for so many years and stuff there's people that like people to go out on their shield and that's probably conor mcgregor saying he'll win by knockout or or, or, or tap out or lose by knockout so uh khabib comes in and people are comparing him to like a george st pierre which is not a good compliment as dominant as george st pierre is his fights are typically boring as shit to watch he dominates and stuff like that is that what you see kind of cody is like yeah dominates but you know, besides I, the Russian community, I think, fan favorite. I think GSP is more well-rounded, way more well-rounded than uh, Khabib. Like GSP can strike, like he can he can bang, but he also, you know, fights or well towards the end of his career. Uh, I mean, his nickname used to be Rush because he just go out there and just put it all on the line. But then towards the end of his career, he's kind of been a lot more conservative because he knows that you know paycheck's the same. He's gonna go out there just keep his belt. He knows he can beat guys in a wrestling match, and he does, and he wins. You know, good for him. But, I mean, Khabib, like, he's got one game plan. Like, he's not going to go out and, like, if, if him and if him and Conor, like, if GSP and Conor McGregor fought, GSP could fight with Conor on their feet, you know what I mean? But he'd have an advantage on the ground. Uh, Khabib would die on his feet against Conor, but he'd have a huge advantage on the ground. Like, if he got Conor on the ground, he'd absolutely fucking maul him. So, I don't know. I think that comparing Khabib to GSP, I don't honestly. I think GSP is a lot more well-rounded and a lot better overall fighter than Khabib. Is Khabib as good as they say he is, or are they hyping him up? As a fan, I feel like they're kind of just hyping him up. To be honest, I mean, I think a lot of it is hype, but the guy's twenty-six and zero. Nobody, nobody does right, that. That's true. Like, nobody has an undefeated record, and um. <laughs> Hello? 
<laughs> yeah, she is uh, going to actually do that. Five uh, years. Five years. Neither one of these. In, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, Six and all. K- Khabib, he, he's just so dominant. Like at what he does, you know it. It's just it's not that like fan. Like you can't really relate to what he's doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, like from a fighter standpoint, like his positioning and stuff on top, it's crazy the way he like manipulates people's bodies and like the things he can do in different positions he's really good at some really really weird positions and he always ends up there i mean so he's super dominant but i don't know i don't i i, I really want him he's like one of those guys i feel like his belt is kind of maybe not yeah we talked about that with not legitimate yeah. right because he hasn't actually fought the champ he didn't fight tony or right. connor so you know i mean well good for him he has all this hype but uh, i don't know until he fights one of those guys there's still a lot of what ifs, right? Yeah. So you think if he gets somebody on the ground, there's nobody touching him? No, yeah, he's the best. Okay, like on top, he's the best. Yeah, absolutely the best. But I mean, we watched Ali Quinta, who was preparing for a kickboxer to defend his takedowns, and Ale's not like a decorated wrestler, right? Yeah. So I mean, Conor McGregor has awesome takedown defense. Like he's really, really good at not getting taken down. So I don't know. I mean, I think if if I was gonna bet on that fight, I'd say Conor beats him. Now, though, it should be Ferguson's fight versus Khabib. As a fighter, you would think, you would think right? You would because think, you shouldn't right? lose your spot because of injury. No, no. matter how much they're going to sell, that that would suck for Ferguson if he's on the outside looking at Khabib and Connor. I think the UFC fall. hates Tony Ferguson because they like even when, you know, even now he's the champ. Like they didn't really push him that much. They push Khabib and Connor and everybody else has been a lightweight champ so much more than they push Tony. I don't know who he pissed off, but somebody high up doesn't like that guy. Hmm. And that, but still doesn't mean fair. I mean, Ferguson. No, definitely not fair. Um, but who who would you have Ferguson Khabib? Uh, I mean, watching Khabib's performance, I think Ferguson's a lot better wrestler than Ali Quinto. But at the same time, you know, he's susceptible to getting taken down. He almost doesn't defend the takedown. He thinks his jiu-jitsu is really good. So I could have saw Khabib doing the exact same thing to Tony Ferguson. I actually picked Khabib to win that fight hmm. before, so. I'll take could be proud of one. Now, uh, I mean, as a fighter, do you think that, um, you know, Ally Quinta? Uh, we just listened to him. I think on Sirius Radio, he felt like he missed an opportunity. As a fighter, did you see opportunities that Al missed against Khabib, or was Khabib? Because everybody was saying that Khabib took round three or four off or was at least coasting a little bit and doing his thing. Al says he missed an opportunity. As a fighter, did you see something that Al missed? Uh, well, to maybe expose Khabib and take it. I think he just wasn't prepared. So, like, if you're like an explosive striker type guy, like stylistically, like you want to take that guy down in the beginning of the fight because, like, like the grappling is dangerous where you're like pushing and pulling people. It fills your muscles up with blood. It makes you a lot heavier. You can't you can't uh, strike and move as fast. You know what I mean? It's like if you did a bunch of really really heavy deadlifts and then you know went and ran a sprint it'd be a lot harder you know to to run that sprint you know full speed you know because your muscles are just you have like a pump in your muscles from all the grappling so uh you know had he been prepared i think he there's a lot he could have done i think it's just more of a gas tank thing there were a lot like khabib has a lot of holes in his game on his feet he's not good on his feet he's like he's decent i mean he's not even there's like every guy in the top 10 is better than him on on their feet so i mean I don't know. I think he's going to get exposed because 
in this game, if you're like, if you don't evolve, then the, then fighting pass you, passes you. You know what I mean? If you don't keep up with the times, then fighting passes you. If he's just he's just so good at like the one thing that he does, but it'll catch up with him. Someone's gonna defend his takedowns and beat the shit up on their feet. I uh, none of us on the show, Greg, is as fans of Brock Lesnar. Don't tell me what happened WrestleMania. I'm, I'm waiting to watch it with <laughs> my son on uh, Wednesday, so no spoiler alerts. But uh, it appeared he won. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Oh, oh shit. I, I don't either. I, I don't even. Uh, <laughs> you being a fan, Brock Lesnar, any interest or has that ship sailed? Man, it's interesting just because of how fucking big he is. But I don't know. He doesn't deserve the fights he gets. You know, I don't think he ever did. And I don't think he's that interesting to watch. He's just so huge. He's, you know, and he's one of those guys. They just hype him. And, you know, they bend the, the, the rules on the drug testing for him. You know, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. <laughs> you I don't I don't care about Brock Lesnar. And they had mentioned that the winner of uh, DC versus Stipe is going to fight Brock Lesnar. And I don't give a shit about that either. Unless one of those – one of them rock Lesnar. That's all I'd like yeah, to see. Yeah, I, I think Stipe would whoop his ass. It, it's so very possible. And uh, Lesnar, you just can't look at that body and not assume that he's not on something. I mean, oh god, he's juiced well, out of his mind. But it doesn't take that long for system to be clear. Like so if you're gonna plan for it, yeah. you know, oh, I'm gonna get a UFC contract, then I got to start drug testing soon. Well, he can clean himself up. He's still gonna be a 300 pound monster. He's not just gonna shrink. Right. Things is like he keeps failing drug tests. How is he not? Like he makes that much money that he, they probably he, he failed the drug test, got a two year suspension, went to the WWE, quote unquote retired. He just hits all the loopholes. So, like, he probably announced his retirement to the drug and drug administration six months prior to his last fight, knowing that he was going to fail. I mean, there's a lot of loopholes if you, like, know how to play the system. Mm-hmm. If you know how to play, like, the drug enforcement system if you're part of it and you have someone that, like, looks over it. I don't know. I don't care about that dude. He <laughs> sucks. Yeah, for me, like, I- I'm not a fighter, but if I was a fighter, that type of shit would piss me off because mm-hmm. – these guys get preferential treatment just because of them being marketable. And it's not in the UFC anyway, always about who's the best. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Cody brings up a good point. Uh, John Jones is, it, I, I don't know what it could be, but for some reason, the UFC, uh, I feel like since the car accident on kind of distanced themselves from John Jones, they're kind of in the same place, him and Lesnar, but you don't see the UFC going out to save Jones, but as he, as he said, because Brock Lesnar was so influential in the heavyweight division and made them what they are, they are there is an olive branch out to Lesnar. I they did go out for Jones. They brought him back. They gave no, him I know, but a title shot, and he yeah, failed a drug test again. That guy's on Instagram deadlifting like 600 pounds, claiming he doesn't take shit. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I mean... Not, I know people can deadlift 600 pounds without being on stuff, but John Jones is not built like that. Yeah, he's six foot four. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst thing that could have happened to that guy we talk about all the time is that uh, he shouldn't have done uh, done steroids, and then he did and just ruined it. He didn't need it. It was he's that good. He coke, didn't need it. Steroids. <laughs> yeah. Car steroids. <laughs> car accident with minors in the car and a DUI. Right. It's I, like two like rap you. sheets. It's like, holy shit, man. I'm not a fighter. If I do everything he did, my company's going to tell me to get the fuck out. They're not bringing yeah, right. him back next year, no matter yeah. what I promise them. Right. So they had his back. They let him come back. They still got they'll his back. Come the back second again. his suspension's clear, he'll be back. Yeah. Yep. And it'll be a huge deal, yep. too. 
Oh man, because I mean, any publicity is good publicity. That's just the name of like this sport. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, look at the, some of the shit Mike Tyson did. Oh yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> and he's still a legend, though. Yeah, he's and like people still legend. like idolize him. I mean, because he's just awesome in the cage. Yep. Or I'm um, sorry, in the ring. You know, he was yeah. just so awesome. Your average fan is not a fighter. Your average fan has no idea what it takes to be a fighter. They yep. don't know what you guys go through. They just want to be entertained. Yep. And they are. And they yep. pay for it. And they hate you when you do something bad. And then a couple weeks later, they kind of forget about it because it's not in the media anymore. They got something else to, you know, focus their mind on. And then, you know, six months later when you come back, they're like, well, he did that. But I'm, I think he's going to win. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like this weird. I don't even I can't explain how. I don't know how it works. I think that bothers me more than anything is the people that um, are at weigh-ins and will get mad at a fighter for not hitting weight at 1.6 or something like that. And, and you you know sincerely they tried and stuff like that, but they act like they could figure out a way to get that 1.6 off. All of a sudden they have all these things they heard about or what they did back in the day in wrestling. And it's like, you know, some some people just hit a limit where it won't go down anymore. Dude, um, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. I've seen guys sit in a sauna for like 45 minutes. And not like their body just will not sweat. Like the yep. seeing a sauna, like someone's like rubbing their skin, trying to get like create friction so that it, like the their body body will release water, and it just won't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys mentally quit, and some guys just like their body shuts down; they can't lose any more water. And there's a difference, but it all gets labeled as the same thing. Like you just didn't make weight. I mean, but it is ultimately part of your job so i don't i'm not sympathetic for guys that that don't make weight i mean what, um, what happened to max holloway what was up with his weight cut something with the commission that they just didn't didn't, didn't like, like it not medically cleared if i had to guess i would say that he was cutting weight probably <laughs> wasn't going well um somebody on his team was worried for his health called the doctor and any doctor is going to come to seeing a guy cutting weight because like you're basically dehydrating yourself like near death so like any doctor's going to come in and say absolutely you cannot cut more weight you got to stop the shit right now no doctor's going to be like no no you're fine you're okay right. yeah. you know what i mean like no your heart's racing you look like you're 20 pounds dehydrated but i think you can do a little more like any physician like that cares about his job is going to be like cut it don't do it because that doctor goes in like and says uh like even like let's say i'm cutting weight and i'm two pounds out and I feel fine, and I'm good with cutting the two pounds. If someone calls a doctor, and the doctor comes and looks at me, and I'm like, "Doc, I'm fine," Doc's gonna be like, "No, you're not. It's got to stop. You cannot cut more weight." Yeah. It's like we're like freaking so dehydrated we can barely happen. walk. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. A doctor can't tell you to keep doing this. No. Right. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as the doctor's involved, it's done. Yeah. There's no like, and I'm sure that's what happened. Plus, yeah. it's also they're covering their butt too, right, Jimmy? Well, yeah, well it's, ass, like, right. it's not even reliable. Well, it's it's covering their butt and it's liability and all it's like that, but it's so so unhealthy. Yeah, the amount, I mean, I mean, I know you guys do it and you have to do it, you know, to make weight sometimes. But the the stress that that fighters put on their bodies continuously to try to make weight is so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy, and a doctor, any doctor in his right mind would never allow that to go as far as it did. Yeah. I mean, if you came in, if I was working in the emergency room and somebody like Cody came in as dehydrated as they are when they're cutting weight, 
the first thing that I would do is j- j- jab an IV uh, in their arm and and throw like three liters of uh, normal saline, saline right. because or and rigorous lactate actually because you're so dehydrated you need the electrolytes. I mean that's like that's an emergency in the emergency room. Somebody I've, comes in that dehydrated, that is a legit emergency. I've had it happen. Yeah, like, literally, I had a I had a really bad weight cut and I was out of town. Yeah, I went to an ER. Yeah, and they were just like. Like the doctor, yeah. I mean, he was like, "You, <laughs> yeah, fill fill the shit out later." Like, yeah, plug me right away. He knew like that. Yeah, just look at me, know that I was dehydrated. Yeah. and then like I was filling paperwork out with an IV in my arm. Yeah, because like I, I, I knew I, there's something. There's something I want you to do, and it's just out of my curiosity. There's a thing called the tent test, and it's for dehydration. What you do is you take your skin and you pinch it, and then you let it go. If you have, if you're hydrated. With normal elasticity, it should immediately go, go back, back down. Yeah. But when you're dehydrated and you do that, it like slowly goes down. When you're cutting weight like that, I want you, to, if you remember, I want you to do a tent test and count how long it takes for it to go down. Because I'm hour. just, well, I, it won't take that long. You'd be dead. <laughs> it's, it's, but, but it would, I'm just curious on a fighter who is that dehydrated when they do the tent test, how long it would take for the, the skin to go back can, down. Can you stretch any body part? Any, any so skin. They, any they skin. do like uh, yeah. they do like they do hand. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! It's, really it's, it's like, like Gumby, right. like Pinocchio. Right? <laughs> uh, they they do so they do a test like when you first get there, like right off the right off the plane, like they they test you, like they want to find out like what your like lean mass is, how much water, how hydrated you are. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like this weird scale thing that you stand on, and it tells them everything you need to know. And like if you. If you can't be whatever percentage of dehydrate, like of water out of your body, uh-huh. you know what I mean? If it's not close to like where you're going to weigh in at, like then the red flags start coming yeah. and then you got to talk to the doctors and do all this yep. shit. I had to do it in my first UFC fight. Wow. Because I mean, it was the yeah. same, same situation as Max Holloway. Eight right. days notice. You had, you're not prepared for a fight. You're probably right. not on that good of a diet. And also you got to fight and make weight and like it's the same situation. Like doctors involved oh yeah Shit. oh yeah forget about it yeah you're not you're not talking. any medical professional i mean no, exactly. it doesn't even have to be a doctor a medic would look at you and go right. i'm freaking dehydrated yeah, that's why I like you. that's why I like because I, I cut weight at the ufc training institute and yeah. i was just like whenever i see any member of the ufc i'm just like i feel great i feel great <laughs> and then as soon as they're back away i'm just like <laughs> dying you know yeah but as soon as they're around you're like perk up yeah like, oh, i feel fine no i need to check me doc i'm good because yeah, if they yeah. Uh, if they get involved, you're done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, yeah the skeletal face, you know, doesn't yeah. anybody off. It's crazy. Your body just like morphs. <laughs> <laughs> really quickly, I wanted to cover, and we'll close with this. I, I was given Barnes uh, literally heat <laughs> about the infrared training. It looked like something out of Buck Rogers, I said. Yeah. Sports Illustrated. That's so weird. This yeah. week um, covered it, and Cody gave it validity because he said, hey, it's that UFC thing. Yeah. So here's here's what uh, far infrared uh, radiation uh, therapy does. Um, so it's the newest craze in athlete recovery. So mm-hmm. like all these gymnasiums are doing it and stuff. For athletes recovering from workouts, uh, nearly as important as is training itself, warm baths and cold tubs are old staples, but by far infrared radiation, or FIR it's called, FIR saunas are trending among pros and weekend warriors alike. What it does is while a traditional dry sauna simply heats the surrounding air to 190, 
uh, the fur stuff, the far infrared saunas use infrared lamps to release electromagnetic, ah, electromagnetic radiation, which can be absorbed by the body as much as an inch and a half in under the skin. The air temperature inside the infrared sauna additionally reaches a much more tolerable 125. Hospitals have long used similar heating techniques for newborns, and it's not a natural occurrence. For most of the history of mankind, folks have gathered around fires at night, absorbing fur while socializing. The science says how fur works um, is basically like from a middle school science class. Only a small part of the electromagnetic spectrum is made up of visible life. The re- uh, light, the rest goes through an unseen naked eye. The spectrum between visible light and microwaves, infrared radiation has been well known uh for many other applications from night vision to heating. Without going into advanced cellular biochemistry, it's explained like this. Fur, closer to microwaves than visible light, will increase the vibration of water molecules inside your cells, in effect raising the temperature in microscopic regions, not by heat, but by electromagnetic energy. Once proven effective is increasing blood flow and deep tissue, which is the main benefit to athlete recovery. There you go. So it actually, like Cody said, it's at the UFC, and but I guess that's the fitness craze. Greg used to own a, a gym and stuff. It doesn't sound cheap, but I know everybody's looking for that next phase uh, to to do. But I was giving Barnes a hard time because it looked like a Buck Rogers, but there is some legitimacy to what they're saying there. And that's it. We'll wrap the show. <laughs> Want to thank? Uh, oh no 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 no! I mean, I mean we're at our time list. It's like. I don't know, like cryotherapy, this red light therapy. I mean, it just seems like some kind of bullshit. Go sit in the sauna or get in an ice bath. That's like the more tolerable, easier way to do it, I feel like. (laughs) Are you scared to sweat? Like, get in the sauna. Or, like, you're scared to be cold? You don't want to sit five minutes in an ice bath? Like, I don't know. I've talked to people that that argue both sides, and they're like, dude, this cryotherapy, it's a fucking glorified ice bath for rich people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like $75 to go on a three-minute yeah. thing. I want thing. nothing to do with it. Shit, I did it one time. It was freezing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was only like 10 bucks is the only reason I did it. But yeah. I was like, this is an ice bath. Yeah. I don't really. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks. Either way, I don't know what this is. It's not a big deal. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like the more tolerable. I don't know. It tells you what kind of like how pussified society is. <laughs> oh, you can't you even go. like like go sit in a sauna anymore. It's too much. Well, I don't think that that has to do with uh, the the that it's too hot in the sauna. It, they're saying with this, it the the heat that you normally get goes deeper, and so your muscles have uh, more chance of recovery because it's getting in deeper. So it's the same thing as a sauna, except it's penetrating farther into your muscles. <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about? Getting the, 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 the fur. Penetrating. The fur. Penetration. Yeah. Penetration. Penetration. Yeah. Deeper. Penetration. Well, the <laughs> argument with the... <laughs> That's what she said. With the ice bath is that like... Yeah, that, that the I The ice bath cryotherapy yeah. thing, it's like the same yeah. thing. It, yeah. all, it, it cools you. Your, your, your core temperature is so much lower. Yeah. Well, they tested it. And your core temperature got way lower in an ice bath than it yeah. did in Well, I'm sure, because you're staying in it longer. Yeah. Like, no, they're the like same same amount of time. Oh wow! Okay. But then then the whole thing was like, well, the cold causes nerve damage. I'm like, yeah. well, you, it's cold as fuck in a crowd therapy <laughs> right. chamber too. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I don't know. Maybe this is legit, but I'd have I think, I'd have so, to read the actual science behind. You want it. a real real legit like, uh, you know, like speeding up your recovery. And if mm-hmm. I had the money, I would do it every day. Is hyperbaric chamber therapy? Yes. Like that's yes. legit. I mean, no, that is no, yeah. Like, there's. 
yeah. a lot of science to say that yeah. like, that's legit. So say, I, I can't say for certain like with this because I'd have to read more into the science of it. Yeah. But I mean the 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 basic description makes sense to me. Yeah. You know what they're saying it does. Okay, that actually makes sense. But whether it's better, whether it's not, I don't know. I'd have to read. You know, you'd have to have several studies. You have to have a blind. You'd have to have a control. You know, all that kind of stuff. So that's very Drago training. Cody's talking about Stallone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the more natural. That's exactly what it is. Just go sit naked in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) He's talking running up mountains. That guy runs around in indoor track. Hey, one. So, yeah, just remember that. Exactly. Yeah. He's exactly. That's all the science I need. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, so. It was in Rocky. That's all I need to know. Yeah. That means it was real. That's right. <laughs> well, no, they, they, that's what the thing's trying to say, the natural yeah, yeah. elements and the mental toughness he got from that instead of running in an indoor track. So, All right, we'll see each other uh, next week. Uh, we'll have the results from TXC. We'll have the results from night of knockouts, and then uh, we'll have a couple guests. Thanks, Cody, as always. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. Thanks, Rochelle. And then thanks, Greg, for stopping yeah, in here. Yeah, I appreciate you inviting me out. Uh, thanks absolutely. for everything, Greg, because without you, we wouldn't be here. That's okay. true, yeah. We wouldn't be that out here. That is true, five, yeah. That's for I missed sure. the backstory. Oh, okay. Uh, really quickly, he supported the show the first six months. If we didn't have the financial support of him, there would have been no show. There would have been no undercard. Well, thank yep. you. All right, uh, we're going to do our quick picture, come up with a title, and uh, we'll be out of here. Take care. Hand Combat Radio.